0: Hey brother, let's go! Let's post those podcasts! You have questions and I'm hoping to have answers. You submitted your questions to me and I'm going to answer them. On this episode of the Honest Fitness Talk. On this episode of Real Talk with Sensei Nick, the rebranded edition. (laughs) Folks, thank you very much for joining today, and I hope you are having an amazing, amazing day. It is currently Tuesday, uh, February 2nd. We've had a very cold few days here in New England at the time of recording this, and I really hope you are doing very, very well. Um, I'm a little bit late when I was starting this one, so hopefully people will join in. But I've had a few questions that came up and I put it out there in my stories. So I wanna do these every once in a while just to kinda get you to know me better and also for me to try to get some engagement going. So if you are joining and you do see this, by all means go ahead and put questions in down in the comments below. You can use the comment speech bubble if you're watching this on Instagram, or you can just put it down on the chat. Just put it down in the chat. You'll be fine. You'll be fine here. So, uh, first question that came in here uh, came from Brian. What attracted you most to karate when you were age six? The Ninja Turtles. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles, that was it in general Um, I was we were looking for something to do and um, I was going to I never get tired of telling this story I was going we were going to my grandmother's house and there was a place on Fish Road in um, in Tiverton, Rhode Island and um, it was called Tiverton Taekwondo at the time but we stopped at a um, a convenience store and I was with my dad we were getting some iced tea and we're hanging out, but the dude who put it out there had this giant, like, absolute giant sign, and well, I was six years old, so it looked much bigger at the time, of the Ninja Turtles, and you know, it was painted really well, looked just like them, at least the cartoon, so I'm like, Dad, Dad, we gotta see this, this looks so cool, oh man, that's awesome, And, you know, it's like, all right, let's walk in and see what it is, see what's going on. And there was Sensei Gifford and his son Jory, and there was tape on the floor that had no shoes on the other side. Um, Hello, Greater Fall River Rec, hello. And um, we said, okay, come on in and, you know, watch a class and the way that everything was ordered, it was almost like it was somewhat military-like. You know, the stretches, the punches, the yelling, and everybody had some happiness to them. Um, You know, running and kicking and I'm like, dude, I am in, I've gotta try this out. This is so cool. and. I got hooked. You know, I got hooked right away. But, you know, what attracted me most, the first thing, was the Ninja Turtles. Like, I could be a turtle. And uh, what is the difference between, uh, I don't know who put this one, but what is the difference between Kung Fu and Chasun Doe? Alright, so Chasun Do is the combination of two separate arts, but it has a little bit of a twist to it. So, uh, Chasan Do is the combination of Taekwondo and Kempo. Um, both have their origins in Korean arts, um, but the um, the farm for the farming community, it really became you know it really was defense of the farmlands, and that's something that really attracted me. But Chasan Do, the combination of the two is really meant to be the way of oneself and to improve the whole basis of the art is to improve your own abilities. So every martial art has a standard that everybody must be at and Doe. Well, I mean, there is a standard of, you know, greatness for Chasun Doe, but you know, if you are improving, so um, we've had people, you know, like me with cerebral palsy, um, you know, people who were high challenged. We've had people who were very big, uh, people who were, you know, morbidly obese, but, you know, through the arts, they improved themselves. You know, were they at the so called warrior status? No, you know, they were not there, but they were the best that they ever could be. The best they were, the best there was, and the best they ever could be. You know what I almost referenced. Um, and, you know, for Kung Fu, Kung Fu has its oriz- origins in China. And Kung Fu itself, um, if you watch the movie Kung Fu Panda, at least the first one, that is the story of the origin of the Kung Fu, uh, the Kung Fu art. Uh, there were masters and, uh, that were uh, trying to come up with a new style in order to try to unify the five kingdoms of China. And they studied the way the animals fought. The monkey, the tiger, the praying mantis. um, Oh God, I should know more of them, but at least the three of them that I know at that time. And they studied all of them and then built an art around all of it. So there was, um, you know, there's the fox style of fighting, the, uh, the bear too. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear my wife, um, but all that together became Kung Fu. So you know, Kung Fu origin in the animals, chasan Do or, origin in farms. And really, if you look at, thank you, the crane, the, uh, the, the bird, the crane, thank you. Uh, that's, yeah, that's another one. I, I spaced that one right out. Um, but if you, um, and the praying mantis. Um, as well, it's the five. All right, cool. All right, the, um, the, if you look at the weaponry, like, you know, the weapons are, all Kung Fu weapons are basically extensions. Traditional Kung Fu weapons are basically extensions of animals, you know, where you have the size and all the other stuff. And, the, you know, the bow staff, which is a Taekwondo a weapon itself is taken from snapping off a broom or snapping off a shovel. Nunchucks snapping off the end of a wheelbarrow, you know, handles there. And just the sword itself is crafted blades to be able to help protect things. Um, that's probably the only one that's a similarity of it. Um, now, can you talk more about Indomitable Spirit? Okay. So, there are seven tenets of Chas and Do. Courtesy, self-control, indomitable spirit, perseverance, integrity, honesty, and humor. The indomitable spirit means to be able to have simply as it is, you know, as the words are, the spirit that does not, uh, that cannot be dominated and, you know, things can change. And, you know, when I was growing up, this meant, you know, be tough and um, it meant that, you know, you weren't shaken that much, but what it really means, and this especially took a change after nine eleven, 11 because, you know, once we were, you know, America was attacked, we became a lot more vulnerable, and... Nowadays, I mean, the indomitable spirit is, you know, to be able to still persevere. And, you know, that as well is still part of, you know, you might think perseverance and indomitable spirit are the same. They have similar things. You know, they are cousins of the same family after all. But, you know, we have, or brother, sister, however you want to say it, but they are, um, The indomitable spirit side of it means that if something is thrown at you or negativity is thrown at you, that you will change, that you will, I'm sorry, that you will not change the way you are because you are having that negative force at you. I am one of those people that, you know, I have fallen on this a lot. And in my life, and I am now in the past few years really getting back up on this, that there have been things where I have not been the most healthy person. I have not been the best person to be around. Um, Negative energy has been thrown at me, and I have been not feeling as good about it. Um, And I have changed my personality. A like very common thing would be is you know uh, kids in school. You have bullies coming at you, or you have the popular crowd. There's no such thing with that, by the way, but that's another story another day. Um, The popular crowd that, you know, you want to try to fit in, and your spirit is going to be decimated because something didn't happen, or your spirit is decimated because you're not fitting in with these people. Also, like, you know, go with the kids' side as well. Your spirit is down because maybe you, you know, studying for a test and maybe you didn't get an A, but you got to be, but you look to see how you can do better the next time. Um, I remember very, very clearly I was in high school. I don't remember which year it was, but I'm walking away and I told a teacher of mine, I'm like, well, I got to go fail a, a psychology test. I'll see you later. And it's like, why are you setting yourself up to fail the way you talk about that? Like, is it because I failed a bunch of times already? I'm probably barely going to pass the course. Eh, I'm good, whatever. It's like, don't let that weaken you. You know, don't let that do that. And I realized at that point I had fallen off of my credo. That I haven't told myself to do, which I didn't know I had that credo then, was to do the hard things and climb and to still keep going. But being able to be, have that indomitable spirit means that something bad happens, you don't look at it at the end of the world, right? You just say, I'm going to do bigger and better things, and I'm going to do tough things in order to change. Uh, last question came in, can you talk about your story with cerebral palsy, and how has, oh yeah, this one was actually really good, I like this one a lot. Um how has cerebral palsy affected you as a person and how can you you know how would it how would it be different if things were different uh, if you didn't have it I think about this often actually um, cerebral palsy for me, I was born nine and a half weeks early. I was in an incubation unit, um, for within when women and infants in Providence, Rhode Island for a long time. I, uh, I joke around. I tell people like, you know, when you take, you know, pastries out of the oven, but they're still gooey and they're still edible and they're okay. Like that was me, but I came out sweet, but I was half cooked. Yeah, <laughs> but what happened here was, I had um, I you know I had a stroke in the womb, and it affected the area of my brain on the left side of my brain, in that hemisphere, and it affected the area nearest to my memory. At least that's what we know of right now. And that particular part, you know, what happened was that part became weak, but my memory was very, very, very strong. It always has been. Um, You know, don't ask me to not remember something or forget about something. I'm still going to remember the damn thing. Um, But that's just me. You know, it's still at 36. It's still a blessing and a curse. But regardless, I... What I think about is all the things that have happened in my life because I've had CP. Because I have had different changes in my life. Because I've had different things that have come across. It's made me who I am now. And the journey from then to now hasn't always been a pleasant one. But right now, am I happy with myself? Damn right I am damn right, and what I think about is, you know, I've had hard stuff in my life, but, you know, I've had bullying, and you name it, I've had bullying, um, I've had other issues, but I've always, what I've done is I've had the ability um, that I've always wanted to prove myself more than I really should. I wanted to prove that I could do a better job with somebody, or I wanted to prove that I could do better bigger and better things. Or I wanted to prove to myself that I could do something different. If I had a very good, you know, friends who, you know, maybe, um, I, now I want to get off that thought for a second, but like when I was in, uh, I was a kindergarten and I remember very clearly that my, um, my mom was speaking with a teacher's assistant and she, my mom, my, the teacher's assistant told my mom, don't expect him to do too much. Don't expect him to be amazing. He's going to grow up. He's going to get a job. He'll do well. But don't expect him to be a star. And I, hindsight, I think she meant very well with this. But she also... Um, took it upon herself to give advice to the wrong person at the very wrong time. Because my mom's response was, he'll do whatever the hell he wants. This woman actually became a teacher, followed me, became a nurse, and was the nurse uh, the year I graduated high school. Some people growing up probably can pinpoint who she is. I'm not gonna say her name, but if you speak to me in private, I will tell you if it's who you're thinking of. I don't hold anything against her because in that conversation, I was not supposed to hear anything. I was not supposed to um, know what was going on, but I heard it. And I also heard my mom say, he'll do whatever the hell he wants. And if I didn't have the CP issues, there wouldn't have been that event in my life. And, you know, there's probably like a splintered timeline off somewhere where I did something totally different, you know, with who I am and maybe did something, I don't know, whatever the hell it is, whatever the hell it is. But I imagine that going on, you know, the way that some of my family members went through life, I probably would have gotten into cars, I probably would have just had a job I wouldn't be talking to you guys. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't have felt anything. And in a way, this has made me way better. Because I became a black belt solely on the reason that when I was 12 years old, I read that every black belt in the early days of the internet, mind you, every black belt that has earned a black belt in... um, in uh, Massachusetts, for the ones that were disabled, they all were honorary black belts. They all were honorary to a degree. And when you dug further, it's like, oh, you're so good, you got this. I'm like, I want to be that damn person who earns it with 3P. I want to be that person that does way better than anyone ever put it. And somebody puts labels on me, like, he'll go to here. I want to go to here. And that's the indomitable spirit, I guess, you know, that's, that's really it. But if I didn't have it, I don't know, I probably would be different. So, um, is anyone else who is watching, have any other questions? Because I think there's, oh, there's uh, one more. Um, have you, oh, yeah. <laughs> have you considered, uh, doing another episode with your wife? Yes. What up? Very much so. My ears are burning. Yeah. Very much so. You could probably hear her behind me going, yeah. My ears are burning. Yeah, you picked up on the mic. Yeah. So, yes, we are. Um, Actually, Real Talk with Sensei Nick will, there will be a lot of life information. There will be a lot of info there. So, um, I don't think there's anyone else who has any other questions. So I think I'll wrap this episode up actually. Um, and as promised, if you are watching this on Instagram, let me post this. I will come back and do another episode. One that has been requested. Some of it I have gone into, but I want to be able to go real with it. Um, yeah, my, uh, yeah. Kaz will come along. Yeah. (laughs) Kaz will come along. That's definitely going to be a thing. Um, I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to just talk about some ideas and, you know, figure out what we're going to do. So, all right. So, yeah. This has been a presentation of Real Talk with Sensei Nick, a part of the 4041 Media family, 4041media.com. Go on there and you can see podcasts, streamers, YouTubers, from a lot of people from the Fall River, Massachusetts area, a good bunch that want to entertain and want to have a great time all the time. So. What we want to do, we want to say, hey, let's go ahead, be great, be awesome, and check them out, 4041media.com. We want to entertain you. Thank you for being part of Real Talk with Sensei Nick. We'll see you next time. Have an amazing day.